Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our Tuesday start with Nathan Buckley. Hello to you, Bucks. Morning, Jared. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Do you feel the lapping optimism with the dogs? Um, I was encouraged by... The, and I know that Bevo will be absolutely committed to that full tall setup, and he will give that every chance to come to fruition. And that might look um, ineffective at times, but it'll look damaging at other times. I think the philosophy there is how do we prevent the opposition from intercept marking, and how do we turn the tables from you know defenders that are so attacking that are prepared just to go to the ball and win the ball and then rebound off. Um, and rather than even allowing that to happen, that they have to think about, oh, I've got this six foot four guy that I've got to defend first. So it's, um, it, they're not going to have a lot of frontline pressure um, if the ball hits the ground. But I, I just I admire his commitment to innovation and in many ways his stubbornness to stick with that. Um, it's going to, it's, they're, they, they are a fascinating, um, exercise or, a, or a, um, a team to watch this year. I, I think that I've got them from, you know, any, winning as little as 11 to probably around 16 and, and they could be better than that even, but I think they, at their best, they'll contend for top four at their worst. They, they might be bumping sort of along the, the eighth and ninth positions again. Does it suit? Beveridge's demeanour and coaching to do it his own way, to do it like nobody else is trying to do? Yeah, I've, I've got a abrasive, courageous, innovative, stubborn, combative. Like, <laughs> and all of those, I actually, all of those have positive and negative effects and connotations. And I, I'm really loath to, I mean, we, I think we put the senior coach, the, the, the focus on the senior coach is right up there because it's a coaching panel that pulls it together and it's the leadership in the playing group that is crucial as well. And the dogs have some really you know, experienced, solid leaders in that group um, in amongst their, their youth. But Luke Beveridge seems to be a guy who welcomes that pinnacle position and thrives on that pinnacle position and has had success on it. So it's hard to move himself off that uh, but then again, who who knows what it's like in the falls? We get you know people that leave from time to time and say, "Well, he was over me; um, he'd moved on from me, and and I didn't feel like I was we were connected." Well, that's that's for, I can understand that because I believe that as a senior coach like Luke Beveridge, if you if he doesn't believe in your plans, he won't he won't leave you under any illusions. He'll just focus put his focus elsewhere. Um, but I'd yeah you know, I'd I'd be really interested to see how they go. I mean. They're going to go about it a totally different way. It's going to challenge the status quo of the way the game is played. Um, and I'm sure that there are reasons, you know, underlying reasons of why they're going to play this way. Um, and it'll be fascinating to watch. So we were debating, we're going to talk the, the 18 coaches and sort of the mission at hand for them. We, we were just debating out the back. So Beveridge hasn't taken a team to the top four. He's had mm. two stellar finals campaigns, one all the way to a premiership and the second 
where they made the grand final and led into the third quarter. While Chris Fagan has taken teams consistently to the top four, but ultimately hasn't been good enough yet in finals. Last year, they, against the odds, won their two finals. And sort of measuring the the worth of one against the other. Well, it, it is fascinating, the difference in philosophies. You know, I'm sure that people would sit back and go to you know, watch Chris Fagan and the media have commentated on his stoicism and his belief in his plan and the belief in his players to play the same way. And it's a really simple brand. It's, it's based on, you know, solid, you know, build the ball up from the back, you know, use our, our, let our forwards go to work, let our talent do the job in, in front of the ball. Um, you know, we've got, we've got great players for the midfield. We'll, we'll, we're happy to go man on man and 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 make that a contest, but there's, there hasn't been a lot of you know shifts or hijinks or you know what challenging the opposition with a with a plan that they, they don't expect. It's just meeting them on the, on our merits. And people would you know a lot of people said towards the end of last year, well, when's when's Fakes going to change this up? When are we going to see something different? Because clearly it's not going to get them where they want to get to. They won two finals last year, which they only won one finals in their last three top four finishes. So that, um, it, it, and and then you got the on the other side, you got Bevo, who seems to flick things around flat out. So I'm sure the only thing, the only judgment that we can come to is where their sides finish at the end of the year, or how many flags they've been able to collect at the end of their careers. And at the moment, it's beverage one and Fagan zero. Our collective of 18 coaches. So there are there are four in their first year in jobs, but three are so well known to us. So there's only one rookie coach. And then the half a dozen longest serving coaches. So Damien Hardwick's going into his 14th season. John Longmire into his 13th and just extended his contract. Chris Scott into his 13th. Ken Hinckley into his 11th. This is the final year of his. Adam Simpson into his 10th and Luke Beveridge into his 9th. So all bar Hinckley are premiership coaches in that collective. And there's at least a few who have got a lot, mm. will appear to have a lot left in them from here. So we thought, do you want to divide them up into into categories? Yeah, I've had a crack at this. Um, and, and really, it's, it's fairly closely aligned with expectations around ladder this year. And then, then after that, you come back and reflect on, okay, what does that mean for the individual senior coach? We often look at the, the pressure gauge or the, you know, the... For, for coaches and, and who's under the pump for their jobs and who's, you know, got some, got some wriggle room in regards to where they're started. And obviously the four new coaches have got some wriggle room, three of them being experienced coaches. But I think Adam Kingsley is the one with the cleanest slate. I think he's the one that's a little bit off Broadway, GWS. I think they've got, they've got talent there, both established and youth that are coming through. Um, I think they've had to grind their way. They've got some some workmanlike players in there that'll do right. But I think fresh ideas, a fresh plan, go forward a little bit faster. Um, yeah, try and try and free up the talent a little bit more. I'm not saying that Leon didn't, but I just think it's a fresher voice. It's a fresh opportunity. So I expect that that's a very different challenge to what Ross Lyon, Brad Scott, and Alistair Clarkson are facing. So I think that yeah, Ross and Brad uh, are auditing and auditioning. You know, they're, they're auditing what they've got on their list and they're auditioning young players and old for different roles to try and screw down parts of what they would believe is a plan that they can build around, something that they can um, look to the next, the second and the third year to build towards 
challenging for a top four position because I, I don't think realistic expectations has them anywhere near top four. And if you're not near top four, well, then you still are building and developing towards that. All right. So the first, have you gone with making hay as your, your category yeah. for contenders? Yeah, well, making hay is a top four. And, and I'm, I mean, ironically, I mean, Chris Scott, he's got – Chris Scott, Simon Goodwin, Chris Fagan, and, and John Longmore. I think that they're clear top four. Those four are, cl- are the clear top four sides in this season, and clearly that's got to come to fruition. Um, three of them have got really solid home ground advantage, I would have thought. Um, and 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 I think that, and I use Geelong and their and their games down there as a home ground advantage. Uh, Simon Goodwin's probably, you know, they're, they're happy and healthy now and they're going to come back around. Chris Scott's got two in the bank. He's got, you know, he's making hay. He's got to go and get it done again. Um, I think Chris Fagan and the way they've recruited, um, it suits him. This is probably his best squad, ironically, but he's developed the, the way to go about it. They've been, you know, top four or thereabouts for the last four years after two five-win seasons. He's done all the grafting work and now he's just adding pieces to make it a little bit better. And then John Lamar, who's gone through an, probably one of the most effective and established rebuilds that we've seen on the run, and their 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 suite of young players are you know, ready to go again. The question is, how do they handle last year's disappointment? Right. So let, let's pick one at a time. So Chris yep. Scott, thirteenth season, he won a flag in his first and his twelfth, and he has a contract which runs to the end of twenty twenty four. What's the What's the mission for Chris Scott? Well, he's an innovative footy mind, I think. He, he thinks about football in a more considered and different way than almost you know, any other sort of coach I've seen in, in my time. Um, I really admire the way that he views it. I think he's, he's, his personal growth and ha- has been something that I've watched from afar. I've really admired the way that he's carried himself and the way he's gone about it through times of success and times when he's when it looks like his team's going to contend and then times when he's been challenged personally, I think he's maintained an evenness of temperament and demeanor that has, that I, that I can only imagine would resonate effectively with his players. There's no wasted emotion. There's no, there's no fighting fights. He doesn't need to fight. Um, they go about there, but, but at the same time you see the passion come out of him. Well, actually we haven't seen that in the coach's box as much as we did in his early days, did we? When he was going off, when there was a big moment. But that's that was very Lee Matthews. You like, there's very those those two very closely aligned, and you know with with the flags and the where they're going, it's it's um, the the similarities are striking. Um, I just think that he's got a quality squad with talent, experience. I think the relationships that I would from the outside, and I think the relationships he has with the leadership is so empowering for them, um, and yet and yet he maintains his. I think he maintains his authority through all of that, which is a Pretty tough act to to balance up. Simon Goodwin, seventh season, made finals in year two, won his flag in year five, has a contract that runs through to the end of twenty twenty four. Yeah, I think he's he's a he's a connection coach, and I think that's really come in the last two or three years. He's connected really well with his um, with his players. Um, yeah, they're a healthy squad, and I think that you know, I, I think they're ready to go. I, I it seems like they're, they're going to hit the ground running doesn't it? It really does. So it looks like they're well served by picking up the chase. Now, as defending champions, they went 10 and 0. So I don't want to underestimate that. But just glancing in, they seem mm. well suited by the 
the quest for vengeance, if you like, the, yeah. the campaign that didn't pan out the way they wanted it to. Well, you got to believe in twenty one that they were chasing. You know, they were chasing. Um, they were chasing Richmond and potentially Geelong. So they um, they had a, a target to reach, and and what they ended up doing in that last you know six weeks of t- two thousand twenty one was find a level that you know, even they may not have been able to fathom, but it was based on just this we've we've got something to achieve here we've got something to go i think it, what we talk about after you get the other side of a premiership is you know potentially that's as as tough and as difficult a challenge psychologically as any and they weren't they just weren't quite healthy the whole way along they weren't quite healthy they they didn't have the same back six they were they were three shy of their premiership back six in round 1 and and they lost salem in the first 5 minutes of that game and then through the next eight or nine weeks, even though they were, they were winning, they, they were doing it with a cobbled together back line, which I think is their DNA. So you've got May, who, who I think is one of the most influential players, and he just controls the game from the back. Petty, who's an underrated key defender. Lever, who is then therefore allowed to be the third tall and come across an intercept and really you know, lets his man go plenty of times just to go and attack the, the contest which is why the Bulldogs set up will be fascinating. Um, and I think that with that solid back six, their midfield have confidence to go to work and their forwards get, they, they just work bloody hard all the way up and all the way back. And I just, you just sense that, that they are hungry and that they are ready to go and that they're, they're fitter. Like Gorn looks, Gorn looks up and about Oliver, who very rarely looks hobbled, but he did look a bit sore towards the end of last year, Petrarca. Um, it is only heading into round one, but for all intents and purposes, it looks like they're, they're ready to go. John Longmire, 13th season, made finals in 10 of his 12 so far. The Premiership in year two, three losing grand finals since. He's just signed the two-year extension through to the end of 2025. And the recent history of teams who have been belted in grand finals has been tricky the following year. Well, I think, I mean, Sydney are an amazing club. I mean, I, I think, and the connection with John Longmire, so you think that Paul Roos and John Longmire have been the two coaches for a long time. Like these are, this is a stable organisation on and off the field. Their DNA is built on hard work and competitiveness and buying into the Bloods culture and whatever iteration of that. And then and that'll be 90% the same as what it was 20 years, but then there will be, there will be slight differences and changes as it's gone along, as the generations have shifted a little bit and perspectives have, have shifted. But he, he just strikes me as just a really solid individual. He's a hard man. He, he would, he would have really solid expectations on the, the what they would deem the non-negotiables, two way running, win your own ball, um, contribute to team absolutely. Let go of your ego. Like I, I think that's the Sydney ethos, and these young guys have have been developed in that in that mould, and they've been you know guided by a guy at the top who has empowered his his um, assistants to to drive this philosophy through the the group. And it's I think they'll be I mean I, they'll be okay because they've just got so much grit. And so much drive. Like, I was really surprised by their grand final performance, but Geelong were just spectacular. Chris Fagan, seventh season. So the four recents home and away, second, second, fourth, sixth. We know the finals record, which was righted with two finals wins when they were right up against it 
at the end of last year. His contract has been extended to the end of 2025. I don't know why, but the, the little tidbits that come out of Brisbane seem to hit my eyeballs more than anywhere else. I think they seem to be quite an open sort of – Chris Fagan must be quite an open coach. Their media department gets some access that you know, I don't often see from Sydney, for instance. Um, and I don't think I see it from Geelong either, if, if, to be the a couple that we've just looked at. But I, but Chris Fagan just seems to be – he's just a, a, um, a guardian angel for these players. He's just someone who I reckon that they lean on and rely upon and look to for guidance and look to for support and direction. And I've no doubt that he hits them between – he'll hit individuals between the eyes if they don't come along. Um, but I just it, – it sense the sense I get is it's he – he believes in his people. He gets the best out of his people. And, and I don't know what better you can be as a, as a man manager than, than doing that. The, the query is about the, the game plan and, and how innovative is it and is it good enough to get there? I, I, I've always thought, personally, I've always thought that it, the stability is, is, is more desirable than finding a, like a 1% edge potentially on a, on a, yep. on a, uh, a game plan shift as such, and he, I think he believes in that slow growth. So, I've, but I think they've recruited really well, and, and I'm fascinated to see how they go. In the waves of optimism lapping in this preseason, there is a swirl building for the Western Bulldogs, and it's deeper than just how they looked in that one preseason game. It's based on what's happened in the off season, the questions that have been asked, the really targeted moves that have been made, and a well rounded list, I think. They look in good shape. It's Western Bulldogs membership day. Today only, get a nine-game bronze Western Bulldogs membership for the price of three at membership.westernbulldogs.com.au slash SEN. You've heard from the coach, Luke Beveridge, with Gary and Tim. Now it's my pleasure to have the captain, Marcus Bontempelli, with me. Marcus, welcome to the program. Morning, Jared, mate. Great to be um, back on and talking footy. Excellent. So I on Thursday I sat opposite Christian Petrarca and I he was rippling with anticipation to get into this season. Is that a sensation that you're feeling as well? Oh, I think it's probably a sensation that's being felt um, across the league uh, right at this point. And and obviously we've all come out of you know intra clubs and, and practice matches and and you're then forced to wait probably. Another weekend um, before it can all really kick off, but um, it does provide a good opportunity to really refine and, and sharpen, sharpen all your weapons and, and get ready to go for hopefully what's going to be a massive round one. So some of that goes for the physical state. Is you look in great shape? Is that how you feel? Yeah, feeling feeling good. Um, had a pretty a clean preseason, which um, I think as you as you get older, you really start to understand how important it is. And how much it can definitely, you know, set up the start of your year, but but um, really help you as you get on to the to the weeks and, and, and months. So no, I felt like I've I've um, been feeling pretty good, body's in great shape, um, and yeah, really just um, ready to cut loose. Basically, is that a contrast to last season, Marcus, on the physical front? But definitely the season. That my last year's preseason was was pretty fine. It was really out of round. Um, sort of round one that, that I had to manage a few things and it, it sort of um, seemed to carry its way through the season, which you, you obviously hope to avoid, but you know it's just, it's it's a pretty tough, um, it's a pretty tough goal to sort of reach to be 
feel pretty good throughout the whole pre-season so, um, and then season as well. But you just want to set yourself up the best um, to hopefully, like I said, start the season off well and then carry that through. How how deep were the questions that were asked at the end of last season, Marcus, to, to analyse where the team was and what was to be learnt for the next campaign? Yeah, pretty deep. We definitely felt as a playing group for, for sure that we'd we'd fallen short on our own expectations, fallen short on um, definitely what we know we're capable of um, and really trying to, you know, nail down the, the couple of things we could do over the off-season and pre-season from a physical point of view, from a, who we could bring in. And, and as you sort of mentioned in the lead-in, bringing in some mature bodies, some some wise heads who played the game for a number of years um, and obviously some younger guys as well who will have an impact. Um, yeah, we had to really get to, you know, what, what was holding us back and then try to eradicate that um, as much as possible. Did you feel like you got clarity on on why you weren't quite it it felt like last year was a struggle almost from the start yeah it probably did um i definitely reckon we'd um you know dropped our colors or lessened our colors defensively um i think we're always going to be a team that will you know have enough offensive weapons and and offensive plays um but i think a stark difference from the season before was probably you know our ability to to stop teams moving the ball um quickly or or against us so there's definitely a few things structurally that we will um probably try and implement but really just i guess execute our system and the way we play a lot better And, and there's no doubt some personnel changes will help with that for sure so you're you've had a few years as captain now and i uh, just observing you a little bit as you take that very seriously. How much responsibility did do you take on for that and to to set those standards in whatever the demands were throughout the, the off-season on, on those individuals? Yeah, a lot. A lot, I think, is, um, you know, you've got... You wear varying or different hats as a, as a captain and, and I think the most important one is your, the example you set um, and those standards that... Um, you, you expect of, of others and, and obviously yourself in, in turn so um, you know this like I said I think I'm dealing with a with a different group to previous years in terms of our you know hard and focused on, on being the team that we know we're capable of but it does seem like the maturity in the group has, has definitely lifted and, and that's thanks to just the you know growth in, in mindset and attitude from a, a number of our players but also yeah bring in you know experienced players like Liam Jones and Rory Lobb, Oscar Baker, these guys who've been around, you know, the AFL system um, and they know, you know, what it takes to, to execute. In in the journey of leadership, do, do you find yourself, uh, are you more demanding now than you have been previously? I'd say I am. I'd definitely say um, you, you, you work out how to utilise, um, you know, different levers, um, you know, as, as a leader and when to, you know, sit back and, and, and watch and, and spectate and let others um, sort of take charge, uh, but there are certain elements. I think as a as a captain, um, you just need to need to own, and, and that is, I think, our you know the standards, um, especially probably defensive defensive principles and, and team aspects, and all those things that I think you know um, really not really complement the talent, but they come before I think what is a talented list, which then allows our our talent and our football ability to flourish. So there's no doubt. Um, yeah, I try to have a strong influence on those things. How do you how do you develop that? Is have you done external work to to explore what leadership is, what suits you, and what you might bring back to the footy club? 
yeah, you definitely reflect, I think, on those sort of before you, those those around the league. I was, you know, um, I'm very much still am, a, you know, like I said, a lead by example. I think the football is always going to be, you know, your standard and ability to play the game um, and represent, you know, a, a, um, an ideal greater than just yourself is still number one. How you play the game, I still think, is the, the best way to influence those around you. And um, then from, from there, it's really trying to encourage and inspire others probably to, like I have, explore their own ability to lead in their own way. And, and that's some, some things we've done as a whole group um, this year with um, a few different people is really trying to support and, and, you know, raise the environment and the standards and enjoyment and fun. And there's a, a multifaceted approach to it. But um, I think it just takes time. You just hear from others, you listen, you learn, um, and you try and adapt certain aspects to your own style over the journey. Did you did you take up a, a training camp in the US uh, in the off season? Yeah, I spent another another few weeks in in San Diego, which is a similar a similar camp with a similar coach over the last sort of few seasons that I've done. And um, I had a couple of the boys come across um, with me this year too, which is hopefully setting them 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 all up for for really good seasons. But it just does allow you to to refresh, um, target a few things for for a couple of weeks, and then really bring those things back and implement them in the in the Bulldogs preseason. So how intense is that, Marcus? It's intense. It's definitely, um, you know, it's a, you're only there for sort of two weeks, so you are um, quite focused on, on that being probably the heaviest part of the off-season program. And, um, you know, each of us were probably looking, you know, at, at different things of trying to unearth. And, and really what I think it does do is challenge your thinking, challenge your mind around the other aspects of training that we might be able to do a little bit differently or benefit from, especially for me and, and some of the older guys who are starting to get into their sort of ninth and, and tenth sort of pre-seasons. Um, I feel like it'll help from a longevity point of view, that freshness and, and variance in, in doing things differently at times. Did you do that with other sports people from other disciplines or was it just your your group that you took across? It was just the, the five of us. Um, it was at a, at a college in San Diego. So there was a number of, I guess, you know, um, you know, scholastic um, students or student athletes there training out of the, the same sort of facility. But um, it was quite specific, you know, to, a, to an, AFL, an AFL program and an AFL game. And, and that's how the, yeah, the training is tailored. Did you, did you do some travel from there or before there as well to, yeah, to live a yeah. bit of life? Always, always that sort of, um, especially from the off-season, something I, I love doing and really need, um, I've felt over probably the last couple of years, is to, to explore uh, my partner. She's from Canada, so we spent some time um, with her family in, in Canada and, and then in and around the States. And, and yeah, the, the last two weeks is the, is the training camp, so you're normally, um, yeah, pretty well fed. You've, you've had a pretty good rest um, by that point, so... Um, it does also, you know, provide a good little detox for you after what's a, you know, a relaxing off season. Do you take in some sport while you're in Canada, or do you do you give yourself a break from all sport? No, always. I've um, probably gathered a, a deeper interest into to ice hockey. Yeah. Um, my partner, she grew up basically skating a lot and playing ice hockey, so I knew of the game. Um, but couldn't really follow it because I didn't quite understand it. So it, it, I imagine it's very similar to when um, people come across to Australia and they, they watch our game and, and because of the, the nature of the rules and the play, it's tough to probably fall in love with until you really understand it. Um, so there's no doubt I've got a better understanding for that game and I really enjoy watching it now. 
Marcus Bontepelli is the, the Bulldogs captain with me on uh, Western Bulldogs membership day. Uh, Marcus, these stories are always better told in hindsight, but with the, the reflective period at Geelong, when they um, explored a change in game style, there was there was a ripple of excitement that went through all layers of, of forwards, midfielders, defenders. It looks like you're going to be different in the way that you play. Is that is that a sensation that you're eager to explore and are excited by? Always. I think, um, you know, change is, is inevitable, um, especially in our game. Things change quite quite a lot with rule changes, um, interpretations, um, you know, umpiring. There's, there's plenty of different aspects to the game that you've always got to have this, you know, um, almost adapt or, or die attitude um, and be willing to change. And, and just because we did something... Last season doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's you know, immoral for the next season. So I think even you just look at it structurally, like we're a very different team with, with our tools and our heights uh, than we have been, certainly in, in my time at the football club. And I know Bevo's very much the same. So that's a definitely a new um, a new aspect to our team we're going to be able to explore is, is getting the ball in um, potentially a bit sooner and, and, and deeper to our sort of key tools um, and hopefully being able to build a really big strength out of the challenge that might create for opposition teams. It is exciting when a team is clearly going to do it their own way. Uh, do you think the maybe the tallest forward line in, in recent memory will work? Uh, why not? That's yes. probably how we've, we've treated things a lot in the past. Um, you know, on paper, I think the team looks really strong and, and like a handful for, for most teams. And um, I think there'll still be, you know, times throughout the season where we might not get it right, might not look perfect. But um, I'm just hoping weight of numbers is something we're able to just hopefully outdo teams with, you know, the sheer size, their ability um, to obviously play in the air and on the ground. So I think there'll still be, you know, teething problems as we get into opposition to try to curtail some of that um, sort of height and, and influence. But um, I definitely think we're in a good position to, to start the season strongly and hopefully, like I said, put some teams um, under the pump a bit. The defensive integrity, Marcus, that you mentioned, so that didn't hold up for the Bulldogs and that's not just the back six in modern footy. Do, but do you feel... Um, does the defence feel more settled and whether that's the presence of Liam Jones or, or the lessons that have been learnt entering the season? Yeah, I, I definitely say um, it is. I think, you know, we're a, you know, we like to attack. It's no secret. We like to be offensive and, and take risk. And um, I think, you know, some of our ball movement will definitely support um, our ability to defend the ground a little bit better. Uh, but there's no doubt the impact of of Liam Jones pretty much from day one um, has been, you know, really felt um, and, a, and a really good pre-season by Alex Keith, um, who he knows got, you know, uh, can have a great deal of influence for us. Um, and then I think, yeah, our sort of, you know, mid to small backs um, have had relatively good seasons over the past couple of years. So I think yeah, our system, the way we play, um, has definitely been, you know, shored up over the off-season and pre-season. The other aspect that was shored up was the was the coaching position. So in whatever questions were asked and answered, Luke Beveridge was signed to the end of 2025. So as the captain and indeed as a player group, how how significant is that to know that the long-term future is in the hands of, of the man at the helm now? It is. It's, it's definitely one less thing to have to probably think about or, or worry about, knowing that, um, you know, Bevo's... Bevo's locked in and he can, um, you know, plan for the future as, as much as anyone. Um, but, you know, I guess for, for him, we're all pretty um, keen to, to have this season be a, be a really strong 
one, be where we think we're capable of. And the other one probably worth mentioning is Brendan Laid, who we brought in, well, brought in from um, across from St Kilda, and, and he's had an immediate impact just from a midfield sort of coach and experience point of view. Um, he's um, yeah been a really a really good addition for us in that coach's box as well. So uh, I mentioned at the start, just going through the the beverage years, so a premiership and a grand final, but not a top four finish. And and that's where the most sustainable premiership runs come from. Is it, I'll just ask it coldly, is, is it time for the Bulldogs to be that top four team? Yeah, it's, at, it's definitely at the top of our of our list. I think, um, you know, there's a lot a lot to go um, when you consider about trying to, to finish up there. But I think what you want to try and try to emulate and then from a standards point of view is, is really instill these what you consider probably top four, you know, behaviours um, and that, that those are the things that will lead you to being in that position. Now, we can't, you know, in a way, um, you know, obsess over it um, and sort of be watching the ladder every single week. It's not something that we'll be sort of drawn into doing, but there's no doubt for us to really challenge. We want to be in that, in that position as do sort of a bunch of other teams. So, um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said it isn't something that I want to experience. And I know Bevo and the football club are all very similar. So the collective, and you've articulated that so well over the past 15 minutes. Individually, Marcus, do you do you set yourself aspirations heading into a fresh season? And maybe, like, do you aspire to be the best player in the game? Oh, there's no doubt it's uh, probably part of my makeup for sure to be, um, you know, playing the best football I can possibly um, and hopefully be in the conversation for that. It's not something, you know, I'm, um, you know, it's not I'm setting out to probably every single morning waking up with that um, sort of appetite, but it's something you do want to embrace, I think, the conversation, um, be there, be a part of it, be impacting the game for for my mob as, as best that I possibly can. And, um, you know, I'm confident that if I can, um, yeah, execute, you know, all the things I know I'm capable of, um, then, you know, the rest of the conversations will handle themselves. But, um, you know, there's a number of bloody good players out there at the minute. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a hot contest for, for whoever, you know, is considered, you know, the that sort of title. Um, but, yeah, I'm just keen for, for us to start the season well, mate. And to start the season well, it goes... Melbourne, uh, who I feel like we've seen the standard in the preseason, then St Kilda, Brisbane, who everybody believes are, are top four aspirants, Richmond, who we feel are coming back, and then Port Adelaide in Adelaide. You, you're gonna, uh, and then Frio in in Perth. You, you're going to find out pretty quickly, I suspect, uh, in those first six weeks, um, just where you sit. Yeah, we will, and, and why wait? You know, it's it's. Um, it, it in a way forces us to go in with a really sharp focus and a really, um, you know, hard and edged, I think, knowing you're coming up against um, a bunch of the probably form teams, you know, in the competition. So um, I, I like that. I like the idea of, of getting straight to it um, off the back of the, the pre-season is, um, yeah, let's get straight into the work and, and really see where we, where we sit and try and execute against some of the best. So um, I think it's a great challenge. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a big first Big first month or so, um, and yeah, can't wait to kick off with Melbourne um, in, a, in just over a week's time. So much to look forward to, Marcus. I really appreciate your time this morning, and good luck for the year ahead. My pleasure. Thanks, Jared. Good on you. Marcus Bontempelli is the captain of the Western Bulldogs, not only one of the competition's great players, but listening to him and observing him, he's becoming one of the competition's great leaders. To do that, you need to have a top team, and that's what the Bulldogs have launched themselves to be this year.